Welcome. This is Everyone Has an Opinion. My name is Juan. Today is October 2nd, 2021. Shout out to my fellow Libras out there. This is the best month of any year. Debate your mother. Nah, I'm kidding. I'm obviously born this month. Three weeks from today, October 22nd, 1989, a legend was born. But we're not here to talk about me. We are here to talk about the wonderful sport of boxing. And we are coming off a great heavyweight championship fight where Tyson Fury, whoa, excuse me, getting ahead of myself there, where Alexander Usyk defeated Anthony Joshua in what I thought was a thrilling fight. If you took my advice and bet on the fight, you won yourself some money. I predicted Usyk would win unanimous decision. That's exactly what happened, but it wasn't easy. Um, It was definitely a clear victory, but I thought Anthony Joshua gave him a little bit of trouble in the middle rounds. Usyk started off really fast. Um, Joshua, to his credit, made some really good adjustment adjustments in the middle of the fight. But it was Usyk who finished strong, like he always does on the road, and really left no doubt in my mind or the judge's mind. He got a clear unanimous decision. Joshua did do things very well. I don't like that he was really discredited kind of after the fight. I think it's a knock on his career and also a slight to Usyk when you start talking about how Joshua was never that good and stuff like that. I don't like when fans and the media, for that matter, really go back and discredit a guy who they were just praising not too long ago. They praised his um, rematch with Ruiz, the adjustments he made. And I thought he made adjustments during the Usyk fight as well. But he simply lost to the better man. Usyk was all wrong for Joshua, stylistic-wise. All the credit in the world to Joshua for even taking that fight. It wasn't mandatory, but as we've seen many times, there's a way out of mandatories. Uh, He took the fight. But there is a rematch clause, and they will run it back. Joshua said he plans to run it back as soon as possible. Didn't suffer any significant damage. It looked like his eye was damaged, but apparently there's no bone structure damage or anything like that. Shouldn't delay the rematch too too much. It looks like we'll get it early next year. I think the rematch is going to be awesome as well. I would favor Usyk again. I just think Usyk's style is all wrong for Joshua. People say Joshua should come in heavier. Some say he should bull rush him. I really don't see anything he can do to beat Usyk other than land one big shot that'll change the fight. He landed some big shots in the fight, but nothing that changed it. Usyk showed he could take the power at heavyweight very well. He did it with Chisora. He did it again with Joshua, who is an all-time... Well, not all-time, but he is one of the biggest punchers in the sport right now and can land with both hands. He looked like he troubled him a little bit with the body shots, but Usyk made adjustments throughout the fight. Um, That high pace, like I said, like I talked about in the last episode, that high pace that Usyk puts on in the later rounds is really tough to deal with, especially 
with a heavyweight division where guys aren't used to going that fast. It didn't look like a heavyweight fight. Traditionally does. It was very high-paced, pretty much from the opening bell. If you haven't seen it, I, su- I suggest go back and watch it. It was one of the best heavyweight fights we've seen in the past few years. Um, ebbs and flows throughout. Usyk showing pure dominance in the later rounds. He closed out like a true champion would. The 10th, 11th, and 12th were really special stuff. Just the way he put his foot on the gas and really left no doubt. And again, this guy has always done it on the road. Something that I don't think is talked about much as much as it should be. Alexander Usyk isn't a superstar, so I don't think he gets the credit that many of these other heavyweights get. But Usyk is, in my opinion, the best heavyweight skill-wise in the in the division. Yes, I know Tyson Fury is a heavyweight. Alexander Usyk is the best skill-wise in the division. Footwork, hand speed, defense, uh, adjustments that he makes, his pacing, his IQ, just little nuances. You have to really go back and watch this guy. He's a magician in the ring. He's like a Lomachenko, but bigger. Same uh, training regimen, same country. They really have so many similarities, and I really think Usyk is putting it all together at the perfect time. Not to say he wasn't earlier, but his first two heavyweight fights, you could kind of see he wasn't 100% comfortable with the weight. Now I think he's in his own, and Joshua brought the best out of him, his biggest stage, and he performed well. Moving forward, that leads us to this week. We are about seven days away from the trilogy that we've all been waiting for. It was originally scheduled for July, but there was a a positive COVID test, allegedly, by Tyson Fury that delayed the fight. We will finally get it on Fox and ESPN pay-per-view. This is a joint promotion. Tyson Fury, of course, is with Top Rank on ESPN. Deontay Wilder is with PBC, which is affiliated with Fox and Showtime. Fox is handling the promotion on this fight. They've been promoting it during the NFL games. They promoted it during WWE SmackDown. So the Fox promotion is heavy. I haven't seen too much on ESPN, but I would imagine it is heavily promoted there as well. This Saturday, for the third time, these two behemoths are going at it. Two of the biggest heavyweights of our time, both in stature and in popularity. Um, If you didn't watch the first fight, I think it was a classic. But before I break down the third fight, I want to take a step back and recap for those who have forgotten or maybe those who didn't know at all the story of this trilogy because it really does go back quite some time. Now, Deontay Wilder, excuse me, let me go further, even further back than that. Tyson Fury, as a young heavyweight coming up in the rankings, made some noise for himself. Um, His skill, his movement was very impressive for a man his size. Doesn't look like the type to move around very well, but he does, in fact. And his name, Tyson. His dad named him after Mike Tyson. That made some headlines, but also his skill is what really gave him notoriety. Excuse me. Vladimir Klitschko was dominating the division for maybe 10 years, 
10, 12 years, really had a stranglehold on the division. It was one of the worst times in the heavyweight division because there wasn't really anyone else besides him that was making box office noise or making people really believe that could beat that they could beat Klitschko. So Fury's making some noise, gets a couple decent wins, and gets thrown into a fight with Klitschko, which he outpoints Klitschko in one of the worst fights I've ever seen in my life. Do not go back and watch this fight. I don't want you to fall asleep. I don't want you to lose interest in the sport. It is that bad. But Tyson Fury did win the fight, outpointed him, pretty much disarmed Klitschko, if you will. Klitschko couldn't really get anything off, didn't look like himself. Fury's movement confused him, and the low volume from both fighters nearly put me to sleep. But Tyson Fury wins the championship, dethrones the king, calls himself the Gypsy King, and... After that, he, I believe he failed the test for cocaine. Could be wrong. You'd have to double double check me on that one. But I believe Tyson Fury uh, failed the test for some drug. I want to say it was cocaine. I don't believe it was a PED, but I could be wrong. He, nonetheless, fails the test. The rematch with Klitschko never happens. Uh, I believe he fails the test, and then it gets postponed, and then Tyson Fury goes through some substance issues himself, depression, anxiety, mental health problems, leaves the sport for three years, blows up to about 400-something pounds. In the meantime, there's a guy named Deontay Wilder, young heavyweight, knocking everybody out, young American heavyweight, uh, knocking everyone out. He dominates for a very long time. He becomes the face of the heavyweight division. Anthony Joshua is coming up. Uh, younger than Wilder, but as far as American heavyweights and superstar heavyweights, Wilder is the guy. Now there's rumors of a Tyson Fury comeback. Two and a half to three years after his hiatus, he comes back, starts posting videos, looking completely out of shape, saying, I'm coming back and I want the bronze bomber. I want Deontay Wilder. I'm going to beat that bum, that windmill. Starts talking trash, goes viral. And people kind of looked at it as a joke. You see Deontay Wilder, who's knocked out every single opponent he's faced at the time. And you see Tyson Fury, 400 pounds, out of shape, three years away from the sport, talking trash online. People say, ha ha, yeah, we know. Go back to your couch, go eat some Twinkies. Get out of the sport, man, you're done. It was a joke. Everyone including me for a little bit. I had my doubts. But the majority of the world counted Fury out. They said, this guy's done, man. Look at him. He's completely out of shape. Doesn't look like himself at all. And he's been away for three years. Deontay Wilder is killing everybody. This fight ain't going to happen. Anyway, Tyson Fury shows up at some Wilder fights, um, announces he's coming back, Takes two tune-up fights against guys we've never heard of. Guys way smaller than him. Guys that have 0% chance. Tyson Fury beats them in boring fashion, but he beats them. Next up, 
he's ready for Wilder. They make the fight. They start trash-talking each other in the ring. They get in each other's face. Next thing you know, we have a massive pay-per-view event. Tyson Fury is selling it with his mouth. Deontay Wilder is doing the same. Plus, he's got the knockout power that sells pay-per-view tickets as well. So we got a massive fight December 2019. It's going to happen. Tyson Fury, still undefeated, three years away from the sport, had two tune-ups against the monster Deontay Wilder, who's been knocking everyone out at the time. Again, most people were happy for the event. Didn't really see Fury having a chance to pull it off. But Fury comes in and looks just like he did three years ago, if not better. In my opinion, clearly wins the fight, but he gets knocked down twice. One of them almost ended the fight. And Tyson Fury got up about at nine. You be the judge. Rewatch the film. The argument out there is, oh my God, it's been more than 10 seconds. How did Tyson Fury uh, get up and beat the bell? The referee's incompetent. Fight should have been over. It should have been a knockout victory for Deontay Wilder. I say relax. It is not a 10-second count. If it was a pure 10-second count, by now, we would have a stopwatch. Start it when the guy goes down. 10 seconds later, you're knocked out. No. It's to the referee's discretion. You count to 10. If you and me and another person all count to 10 separately, record it, we are all going to have different times. It's not going to be drastically different, but it's going to be a little bit different. One, two, three. Are those exact seconds? Probably not. Did the referee do it in 10 seconds? No, but he counted to 10. And when at nine, the guy hopped up, he let him continue to fight. And not only did Wilder continue, excuse me, not only did Fury continue to fight, he came at Wilder in that round. He was clearly all there by the time he got up. Not only was he aware, he was bringing the fight to Wilder. An insane thing, but that's what he was doing. Needless to say, judges ruled it a draw. Like I said, I thought Fury won pretty much every round. He probably lost. I mean, he definitely lost the two rounds he got knocked down. And I think he lost one of the round, in my opinion. That's still a victory for Fury. But the judges didn't see it that way. Judges ruled it a draw. Is what it is. Then we get the rematch. The rematch gets postponed. The rematch gets postponed because Tyson Fury makes a business decision, which I can't blame him for. Three years away from the sport, comes back, has that insane draw. He gets paid off. He signs a deal with top rank. Takes two tune-up fights in the meantime on ESPN, trying to build his stardom a little bit more here in the States and build anticipation for the third fight. I mean, the second fight. In the meantime, Wilder takes on one of his toughest challengers again in Luis Ortiz and knocks him out again. Devastating fashion after having some trouble earlier in the fight. So the stage is set. These two guys have the rematch a little over a year later. And it's a complete one-sided affair. Tyson Fury dominates from beginning to end. Knocks down Wilder multiple times. 
bloodies his ear, has him on wobbly legs. Complete beating. Before the fight, Fury said, I'm coming in heavier. People thought he was lying. People thought he was insane. If he wasn't lying, his strategy apparently worked. He said, I'm coming in heavy. Sorry, that's my dog going crazy over there. He said, I'm coming in heavy, and I'm going to pummel Wilder. And that's what he did. Now, here's where things get get really weird. So, it was a TKO, not because the referee decided he had enough. Tyson Fury, excuse me, Deontay Wilder, his cornerman, threw in the white towel. Mark Breland, former fighter, longtime trainer of Deontay Wilder, threw in the white towel, said, my fighter's had enough. I do not want to see him get any more punishment to his brain, to his body, etc. Wilder's pissed. Wilder has been on record many, many times saying, I will go out of my shield. You were going to have to kill me in that ring to beat me. He had never been, I believe he'd never been down before that fight. And definitely hasn't been stopped. He was undefeated. So, after that fight, Wilder starts blaming everyone in the book. And everything in the book. He says, I have a disloyal trainer. This guy wasn't on my side. He may have even drugged me. He may have even spiked my water. That's what he claimed. Doesn't stop there, folks. He also says Tyson Fury is cheating. He was altering his gloves, whether it's loosening his gloves so his hand can be more free and unpadded, or it's putting something in his glove to make his punches more more damaging. He also said his suit that he was wearing to the ring, which was very elaborate, very cool looking suit, was too heavy and weighed him down and killed his legs before the fight or during the fight. Listen, <clears throat> I like Deontay Wilder. But when you start naming excuses that are longer than my grocery list, that's where I have an issue. I've said it before. Professional fighters are the most delusional people on the planet because you rarely ever hear them just say, I lost to the better man. It does happen. But it's very rare. There is always an excuse. I didn't train enough. I ate something wrong. I wasn't feeling well. I got an injury in camp. I took this fight short notice. My parents died. Something happened. My girlfriend cheated on me. There's always some crazy excuse. And it's honestly kind of sad because you look at the fighter like, come on, man, really? Manny Pacquiao, my shoulder. Uh, this guy was easy. I don't know what happened. Like, There's always something. 
no matter who it is, there's usually an excuse. Now, ask yourself this. If you're a kid, if you have kids out there, if your kid gave you this many different excuses for the same thing, four reasons why something happened, would you believe them? I wouldn't. Deontay Wilder, if you had if you had said one of these excuses, I might have believed it. Boxing is insane. This place, this sport is is wild. I've seen some of the craziest shit in sports in boxing. It wouldn't be that far fetched if one of these things were true. But when you say all of them, and you mean it, this guy, Syria, he actually might believe that all these things took place at once. It's just too much for me to believe. It's way too much. It's way too far-fetched, like a long throw. It's far-fetched. It's crazy. I don't believe it. So, all this happens. This is over a year ago. This was in February 2020. Wilder goes silent after these accusations. Don't hear from the guy. He, he gets a new trainer. He takes the fight to court because they were trying to go, they were trying to move forward with a Fury versus Joshua fight because Wilder apparently wasn't signing a contract or whatever. But he said, hey, listen, I have a rematch clause and we're going to court. And he won in court. The fight got ordered. It was supposed to be in July. It's delayed because apparently, and things are still getting weird, folks. Apparently, Tyson Fury got COVID in July. Now, anyone can get COVID. This is a pandemic. Things happen. It's easy to catch. I get it. It's possible. Many people have had it. Many athletes, many fighters, many people I know have had it. Do I believe it's possible Tyson Fury had COVID? Yes. But Tyson Fury, who apparently had COVID, the next day was spotted going around Las Vegas like a tourist. Guy was showing up at a car rental spot. Guy was spotted in a casino. Guy was spotted taking pictures with fans. Listen, if you have COVID... And you're a professional athlete, and you got millions and millions of dollars at stake here. Why would you be out spreading COVID more? Why would you be out with the public, knowing you have COVID, spreading it on, not caring, no mask, nothing? Guys living life normally. Can't fight, but he can do everything else. I don't believe that. I don't know what it was. There are many rumors out there. I'm not here to confirm or deny anyone. I'm just going to list them to you. Jared Anderson, a young heavyweight who is on the undercard, sparred with Fury. Rumors are he hurt Fury. Rumors are Fury didn't look too sharp in sparring. Rumors are he needed more time. That's possible. Guy has a history of mental health issues, substance abuse. Some people say he needed more time to deal with things like that. That's possible. Some say the guy just didn't want to fight. Guys having second thoughts. 
Guy might not be in shape. Guy has never, this isn't a joke, he has never defended the heavyweight championship ever. Zero defenses in his career. Think about that. Zero defenses in his career. Whether it's a failed drug test, mental health problems, an injury, there always is an excuse to why he hasn't defended his title. Do I know the real reasons why? No. But just like I said with Wilder, I don't believe Wilder's excuses. I don't believe Tyson Fury's excuses. These are two guys who are liars. I love them in the ring. They're both great fighters. Two of my favorite heavyweights to watch. In the ring, all day, they're fighting. I'm watching. Human beings, I don't know about them. I really don't. They have some real fishy stuff going on, both of them. Neither one is better than the other as far as lying, making up bullshit excuses. I don't buy it. The fact of the matter is it doesn't matter because these guys are going to fight Saturday and we will find out who is going to be the champion, who will have the last laugh. Deontay Wilder made all these excuses, looked like a clown, sound like an idiot with some of the things he was saying. But guess what? He has the opportunity to erase it all with one right hand. Tyson Fury has felt that right hand two different times. Will he feel it again? We will find out. It's going to be very hard to stay away from that right hand for a third straight fight. Like I said, the first fight, he got hit with it twice. Luckily, he got up. Second fight, came out like a bull. Didn't really give Wilder a chance to even let it off. Great, great strategy. This third fight. Deontay Wilder is coming in with Malik Scott. If you're not familiar with Malik Scott, he was a former heavyweight contender. It wasn't a... Wasn't a top fighter or anything, but as it's been shown in many other sports, you don't have to be a great at your sport to become a great trainer or a great mind. A lot of guys know what to do, know how to do it, just can't physically do it themselves for whatever reason. Malik Scott did get in the ring, was a heavyweight, but I think he's a much better trainer and much better IQ than he was a fighter. He's going to bring a lot of movement to, to Deontay Wilder, a lot of different setups for that right hand. It all it with Wilder, it's all the right hand. Does he have a jab? Yes. Contrary to popular belief, Deontay Wilder can throw his jab. He has a decent jab. But we all know he lives and dies by that right hand. If he can land the right hand, it's gonna be a long night for whoever gets hit with it. Tyson Fury, on the other hand, guy can really do it all. Um, great upper body movement. Not the best footwork. Above average footwork, but great body movement, upper body movement, herky-jerky style, flashes the jab, can throw the power punches. Um, As he showed against Wilder, he can fight on the inside very well. His bread and butter is the outside, but I think he realized in the second fight, close range is really better against Wilder because Wilder needs space to let off that right hand. That right hand's coming from Alabama. Needs a little bit of space to let it off. He closes the gap on on Wilder. I think that's a better strategy like he did in the second fight. With Wilder, he's got to do something completely different. And I think Malik Scott's going to help him with that. The one thing I'll say about this delay, it was supposed to be in July. Now we're in October. 
So that three-month gap, I think, is going to favor Wilder. More time with his new trainer, more time to implement the new game plan, um, get more comfortable. Like I always say on this podcast, it's very difficult to break old old habits. We all have them. You, you listen to this podcast right now, chances are you have a bad habit. I, for one, um, bite my nails a lot, pale them with my hands. I don't even use freaking nail clippers. I just rip that shit with my hands. Been doing this since I was a kid. Kind of stupid habit, but I can't break it, you know? I don't, uh, something I don't really think about. I just do it. When you're doing something for so long, it's hard to break it. Good or bad. It's hard to break a habit. And with Deontay Wilder, he has a habit of kind of just relying on that right hand. If he can't land it, it's over for him. But <laughs> luckily for him, he always lands it, except for that last fight. So I think Malik Scott's got to implement some new things into him, have him thinking differently, and he's had a long time to instill that in his mind. It's going to be difficult, but I think he can do it. Um, if In the last fight, before he did get dominated, but he did throw the jab a lot. I think he needs to throw it more to the body. He was headhunting a lot. Throw that jab to the body and throw that right hand to the body. The right hand, everyone knows you're coming over the top with it, trying to end the fight with one shot. To me, I would vary it a little bit. Hit whatever you can. I remember watching old Bruce Lee fights. And Bruce Lee would like to hit a guy in the forearms a lot. And as a kid, I remember saying, what, why is he hitting him in the forearms? I mean, what's that going to do? I remember my dad telling me, yeah, punch yourself in the forearm. Get hit in the forearm a few times. Your arm's going to tighten up. So when Deontay Wilder's throwing these punches, whatever he hits is going to hurt. I don't care if it's a scoring shot. You might see, oh, well, that hit his glove or that hit his, his forearm, that hit his elbow. Yeah, it may not look good. When you get hit in the elbow, you get hit in the forearm, you get hit in the bicep with a right hand from Deontay Wilder, that's going to sting. That's going to tighten up, especially after a couple rounds. Those arms are going to tighten up when they get hit with shots. So if I'm Wilder, I'm throwing that thing at everything. I'm aiming at every part of his body, his shoulder, his chest, his ribs. You definitely want to work that body, that soft body of Fury. Definitely needs to be hit more for Wilder to win this fight. Um, that's the thing. Wilder has had a long time to work on his new game plan. Because if he comes in with the same game plan, he's going to get the same result. Fury is the better boxer, hands down. He is a much better boxer all around than Fury. I mean, than Wilder. I don't think that's up for debate. But this is heavyweight boxing. All it takes is one shot. And nobody in boxing has a better one shot than Deontay Wilder's right hand. If I'm a betting man, you know what I'm doing? I'm keeping my money in my pocket. Because I don't know who's going to win this fight. I think this... My only prediction for this fight is it's going to be the best fight of the three. That's my prediction. I think we're going to get a classic. There is so much pent-up emotion, aggression, and hate. Yes, hate. These guys hate each other. Wilder has said many times he wants a body on his record. And I'm sure if he could pick one person... It would be Tyson Fury. Sounds crazy. But Deontay Wilder is dead serious when he says he wants to murder a man legally in the ring. 
Tyson Fury, on the other hand, he's already dominated Wilder. In my opinion, he's beat him. He's beat him twice. Once very tactical. Second, very aggressive. It's going to be hard to beat him three times. It really is going to be hard to beat a guy three times, especially like I said with the power that Wilder possesses. You got to avoid that for twelve. If it goes the distance, you got to avoid that for twelve whole rounds again. I said I'm not going to pick a winner. It's going to be really like a toss-up to me. This is a 50-50 fight. Gun, if a gun was to my head, I would say Wilder by KO. But, like I said, if you're betting, keep your money. I, I wouldn't recommend a bet because it's really a tough one. All I can say is it's going to be great. I can't wait for it. It's one of my most anticipated fights for a while. And not only is this fight going to be great, the entire card is going to be great. This is the most stacked card we've seen in boxing in a couple of years, top to bottom. Even the prelims have some superstar appeal to it. The prelims will be on Fox, I believe. And actually, it'll definitely be on Fox, but I wonder if it's going to be on ESPN or ESPN+. Plus. Since it's a joint promotion, I'm assuming it's going to be on one of those platforms. But on Fox or ESPN, but definitely Fox... Look it up. I'm not Google. Edgar Belanga, the young superstar in the making, super middleweight. Edgar Belanga, the monster, is going to be on the prelims. He is 17-0, 16 knockouts. 16 of those knockouts were in the first round. All 16 in the first round. His last fight was the only fight to make it out of the first round. It actually went the distance. He won by decision. Berlanga has everything you need to be a superstar. He's a Puerto Rican from New York, speaks good English, speaks Spanish as well, has uh, all-action style, super entertaining, going for the kill. They call him the monster because he is one. He's going to catch a body on Fox. I guarantee it. Book it. You want to bet on something, bet on Edgar Berlanga. Knocking out this guy they're bringing in. I don't know his name. He might work with you. He might be a guy. He might be a neighbor of mine. I don't know this guy. But he's getting knocked out by Edgar Belanga. Bet the house on it. Next up, we got Julian J-Rock Williams. Really good 154-pounder. He is a former champion. Hasn't been seen since he got knocked out. The guy had a tune-up fight against Jason Rosario. And he got tuned up. He got knocked out in his hometown. Rosario took his belt. Since then, Rosario's lost his belt and lost again. So it's been a while since Julian Williams has been in the ring. Curious to see how he's going to rebound after a knockout. He'll be on the prelims. And then it's time for the pay-per-view. This is an all-heavyweight bonanza, something we haven't seen in a long time, and I'm excited for it. Jared Anderson. Look him up. Remember the name. Jared Anderson. Like I said about Edgar Belanga, very similar in the fact that this is a young superstar in the making, American heavyweight, 21 years old, 9-0, 9 KOs. Prodigy. Six foot four, 78-inch reach. Guy's a beast. They call him Big Baby. He's going to send someone to hell. They're bringing in a Russian. Supposedly, he's undefeated, Vladimir, whatever his name is. It doesn't matter what his name is. He's going to get his head knocked off. Book it. Bank it. Do whatever you can. Bet on Jared Anderson. 
I am telling you, this kid, just like Berlanga, is going to catch a body. Next up, we got Robert Hellenis against Adam Kaunaki in the rematch. This first fight was a brawl. This next one is going to be a brawl. I don't know who's going to win. Robert Hellenis gave Kaunaki his first loss. Kaunaki, Polish-American, ugly style, bowling shoe ugly, as Jim Ross would, as Jim Ross would say. Adam Kaunaki, Robert Hellenis, they're going to brawl it out. The last fight lasted about four rounds. This one will probably last the same. These are guys are sloppy, extra sloppy. It's going to be nothing but fists flying. Someone's getting knocked out. I don't know who, but one of these big boys are going down. And then the co-main, oh my God. This co-main is fantastic. F.A. Ajagba, undefeated, in his prime, 27 years old, 15-0, 12 knockouts, the Nigerian nightmare. No, not Francis Ngannou. I'm talking about F.A. Ajagba, my guy, going against Frank Sanchez. Frank Sanchez, 29 years old, Cuban, in the camp of Canelo Alvarez, very technical, big guy, six foot four. call him the Cuban Flash. He has a lot of flash to him. He's very slick. F.A. Ajagba's going in there to take his head off. I can't call it. That's a 50-50 fight. Uh, Frank Sanchez is 18-0 with 13 knockouts. So uh, 18-0 with 13 knockouts against Ajagba, who's 15-0 with 12 knockouts. Two undefeated guys in their prime, young, trying to make a name for themselves against each other, matched up tough. I love it. That is a fight to watch. And then, of course, the main event, which we're here for, this is what we're all in the building for. Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder, part three. Who's going to win? I said, I don't know. I can't call it, but it's going to be fantastic. Tune in. It's a heavyweight bonanza. Call your mother. Tell her the heavyweights are back. Tell her this is the 80s all over again. What's going to happen? Last week, we just had a, cl- a classic modern day. Today, excuse me, today, I'm fired up. Tonight, October 9th, next Saturday, on pay-per-view, order it. Call a friend. Call your friends' friends. Have a party. Come to my house. It doesn't matter. As long as you're watching the fight, it's going to be a heavyweight championship match you do not want to miss. Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury, part three. Who's the man? We're going to find out. Both guys got a lot to lose. Both guys want to be undisputed, and they have to get through each other. This is the last time they're going to meet. October 9th, Fox and ESPN joint pay-per-view. Do not miss this. You do not want to be that guy the next day watching highlights realizing, oh my God, I just missed an epic fight. Tune in. Like I said before, stream it. Join up with guys. Pitch in. It's really not that bad. If you can't spend 10 bucks, then you shouldn't even be listening to this podcast. Get yourself a job. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but... um. It's really going to be a great event. You don't want to miss it. Thank you guys for supporting me. Um, last week did the most views and most listens, excuse me, not views, most listens of the podcast. And I kind of think it's because of the heavyweights. Last fight was heavyweights. This week is heavyweights. Heavyweights do sell. I had this conversation recently. There's heavyweights and then there's everyone else. Heavyweights sell. That's a fact. Because at the end of the day, if there were no divisions, there were no weight classes, heavyweights would be dominating the sport. That's all I got for you this week. Give me a follow on Twitter at someone else. Share the podcast with someone. Have a great week. And I'm out.